The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Even dissecting the one category that's a gator landslide. I came away with an unexpected conclusion. Jug Oliver Show on a Tuesday. How is everyone? I hope wherever you are, it's just a wonderful, wonderful day or evening. You listen to us when you listen to us. So thank you for coming here. Two hours of college football conversation where I've said this before, like we're on in Baton Rouge, like proper. We're on in Tuscaloosa. We're on in Gainesville. I will never out Gator cover the WRUF. All right. I will never give you better Gator coverage than like, I don't know, the radio station that's on campus. Um, and so that's not really the angle of the show. Um, this is supposed to be kind of just a free flowing conversation about college football. And when it comes to college football and it's February, you know what? None of us can get enough of quarterback scenarios, good, bad in the middle. There's a battle. Even when there's not, we'll invent one. All right. When there's not a game, the next best thing is talking about quarterbacks. And right now, I cannot get enough of SEC quarterback scenarios for the coming season. I talked about this probably, and by the way, I've got a list. I never, this even started. Like, this was a couple of days after the national championship game. It started with, all right, based on who I think will be the starting quarterbacks next year, let's rank them. Not to have a big reveal on the show, but to see what, how it just kind of unfolded in my brain. The way it unfolded last year, I was kind of wrong about Joe Milton. Um, I was really wrong about Graham Mertz. And so I just look at, all right, where did I put these guys? And like, how does that relate to what I expected? How does that relate to what the coming season is likely to be? Some of them are just like dice rolls. I have to project with Kentucky. I know he's talented. I know that the guys on the outside are talented. I know that Mark Stoops is willing to try anything right now. So maybe Vandergriff's a stud, maybe. Um, but it's about bottom line production. Joe Milton was a quote stud in the passing offense. Just it would hit some big plays early in games, and then it would be fits and starts. And so I'm going through all these quarterback rankings, and it was especially with ETN gone. It is one of the few categories where. I had separated out Florida and Auburn, like two programs which have been sitting on train tracks the past couple of seasons. Um, I had, in a couple of different categories, a couple of different ways, I had kind of winnowed down. I was like, oh, I'm going to talk quarterbacks for all 16 programs. And then I started just like comparing different things with Auburn and Florida. And I'd gotten 
started on the quarterback thing. And so I'm looking at this and separating out Florida and Auburn, it's a landslide for the Gators. Two programs that if you're looking just at the QBs, Billy Napier and the Gators have a stud. Auburn has a maybe who looks like he has a ceiling as far as being an impactful SEC quarterback. And when I say ceiling, I mean kind of a hard ceiling. And Billy Napier has that guy who was fantastic last year and tough. When I drilled down even onto that one topic, when I took it anything bigger picture than just the immediate next six games of the 2024 season, anything beyond that, my unexpected conclusion Okay, why do I feel so much better about Auburn going forward than I do UF? And that was supposed to be a snap me back to reality sort of statement more than a question. It wasn't supposed to be literal. It was supposed to be, check, hang on. If Graham Mertz is this guy and Peyton Thorne is is not, if this is Gulf of Mexico, by the way, not a lot with the Florida program. We know this that when you look at it, there's division with another competitive to better than that program in the SEC. They're just not that many areas that you look at in the Gator program right now where you go, oh, yeah, big, big advantage over this other good program. Good team for 24. Big advantage for Napier and the Gators. Um, There's not that many angles. Quarterback's one of them. I was looking just at Graham Merce and just at Peyton Thorne And my takeaway was I still feel better about Auburn than I do UF. And when I asked that question, why do I feel so much better? It was supposed to be rhetorical. I realized the answers, they were flowing. I mean, easy. Really good news for Auburn. All of what I'm about to say, not so good in any way at all for Florida. Because why do I feel so much better? No, I was supposed to be, Chuck, stop feeling so much better about Auburn. I mean, quarterbacks and look at Graham Mertz. I feel better about Florida. I was like, no. And part of my, why do I feel so much better? Hugh Freeze has a longer track. Hugh Freeze has a track record uh, that includes SEC success. Not just a longer one. It includes winning in the SEC. Napier is a guy who authorities that we trust all swear. No, he's a good coach. Promise. Hugh Freeze skins on the wall. Billy Napier, folks who know more than me go, no, I promise you he's a good coach. Fair or not, we assigned Hugh Freeze an ability to thrive in a world where you can live stream your top recruit getting a bag of cash in a Lambo. Uh, wait, I said you can, strike that. You probably do live stream that today. I saw Texas and their Twitter account and Bijan and his car. You know what Texas did? retweet so fair or not we all looked at Hugh Freeze and oh we can just pay him out right now big advantage for Auburn and it was supposed to be a punchline folks it appears it's fair that we assumed that Auburn would have a good track record name image likeness because Auburn is outright I mean nabbing recruits on signing day or the night before etc while there are regular name image likeness craters around the Florida program. I mean, one after another, Billy Napier's got a look on his face like Joe Biden trying to play pyramid. 
Um, as for Graham Mertz specifically versus Peyton Thorne, those two kids, they don't do the same thing. Like, it's this is not – that's not even – like, you can't discuss them in – fair terms right now totally different goals for this season the goal for Graham Mertz is to play even greater quarterback in the conference he's great last year even more so this year and be the buoyancy for the program through this year until Lagway takes over it's all on your shoulders he's like leaning down, he's got that globe on his, you know, back. Versus Peyton Thorne, the goal is be a little bit more like what Hugh Freeze really wanted you to be. (laughs) Be a little better than you were last year. Because he thinks maybe he has his real quarterback on campus now. Maybe, the recruit. The four-star kid. Um... So they're not even the same goals. Yes, landslide UF. Ask a list of informed respondents who, like we, Chris Landry was on. Um, we, we used to have him on regularly. Uh, ask an NFL scout. Ask a college media expert. Whoever you say, I get 10 informed respondents. Which coach they trust to have the quarterback right dang near every season and produce likely NFL draft picks on top of everything else. I bet you 80% say Hugh freeze in Auburn. Now here's the real kick in the pants for Billy Napier. His product may be every bit as good as Hugh freezes this season. The Gators like game by game, they may be improving for real. Hard to sell that when you finish the season on a five-game losing streak. And it's only five if you don't lose to Kentucky. Week before that is at Rocky Top and payback, oh, she's cold. So I will say, I will step out of my media role, good for my fan base, my alumni group that I'm part of. We're helping. We're, we're part of the answer now because there have been slings and arrows at, oh, Auburn and their crazy fans. Um, and there have been times where I just looked around. I was like, folks, we're arguing in the front yard. Like, it's the, the, like we look as bad as we can look. When, like, the owner of – have y'all ever – y'all know what Victory Land is? Hey, do you know what Victory Land is? That was the old uh, casino slot thing in yeah. uh, dog track in Alabama, right? The casino slot thing dog track. That was a pretty fair assessment of victory land. I think it's still there, or is it not? Uh, it was about halfway between Auburn and Montgomery, believe me, on a slow Auburn Friday night in spring. Mm, victory land. Um, so the owner of that, I don't know, the federal BI was investigating whether he was skimming off those bags from the slot machines and paying recruits back in 2010. Like somehow, I don't know, Cam Newton got like literally a bag with like a dollar sign on the side of it. Um, there were all kinds of crazy outlandish stuff that none of it ever came to anything. Um, and the Yellowwood guy and the guy who owned the bank, which went under and I, just, it was awful, 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 like embarrassing stuff. And now, you know what the Auburn fan base is? A little vindicated. A little chest out. All right, now we are actually helping. We're on the good side, and that's indisputable. Um, we're over in Gainesville, man. It is one 
issue after another, specifically when they members likeness. So even when you look just at quarterbacks, I still come away going, no, I feel better about Auburn. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we will come back and jump into it next. of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show we have a good looking team you know we don't have we're not a big fat team the only fat guys are the coaches on our on our, on our, <laughs> on our like we're like a big yoked up strong competitive team um, we have a lot of seniors, a lot of guys who've been through it. The one thing when you come to the, to the University of Nebraska, like the players, like there's a lot, there's half of our team that like were born and raised on this. Marrow, he's a good coach. I know that to be a fact. And good for them. Looking like Venice Beach. They went five and seven last year. And they had one, two, three, four opportunities. In November, they had an over November. Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. Oh, four in November to get bowl eligible. And I'm glad maybe you can physically overwhelm people. That's good. And I know I'm not being facetious there. Good for Matt Rule. Um, good that a lot of the kids on the roster grew up, and this is what they do, that they have Nebraska football is at their heart. Um, down the stretch, they lost at Michigan State by three. They lost home Maryland by three. They lost at Wisconsin in overtime by seven. They lost to Iowa by, predictably, 13 to 10, three. Um, were they close? Eh, I don't know. I just don't think they were good. So, and he didn't certainly get, didn't get the quarterback thing right. There was a kid that I was sort of spring-loaded, just a situation I was spring-loaded to not be necessarily critical of um, because I realized that I was asking questions and I needed to ask, like literally ask the question, not just be, you know, declarative and make a statement. So what's that kid thinking? Um, that's, that's not a question. That's a statement. When you say, what's that kid thinking? What you, you, your statement is, that's a kid. He's immature. He's silly. If he would listen to the adults, TJ Finley, do you remember TJ Finley? TJ Finley was kid coming out of high school in Louisiana. And I remember asking Matt Muscone about him way back in the day, January of 20, before everything got shut down, Finley in-state kid. He might've been a four-star, might've been a high three-star. I don't know. But he's a big, giant kid, you know, like 6'7", 240. It's like big, big kid. And he, he can whip it. Now, I'll get to the the pink flags later, but um, he's this big, strong kid from Louisiana, and so he goes to LSU. And he winds up starting some that year. And as I remember, he had a blow-up game against South Carolina, and then maybe he had a fall-off, and then that's how Max Johnson got to play. But T.J. Finley played at – LSU and then the coaching changed and he wasn't going to play and so he transferred to Auburn and didn't work out there transferred to Texas State kind of worked out at Texas State 
And then the former starter at two different places in the Pac-12, uh, Jason Deloria, uh, transferred in. And so TJ Finley's like, well, I have another year of eligibility. I'm transferring to Western Kentucky. I was almost spring-loaded due to the situation. TJ, uh, get the message. You're not going to play in the NFL. What? I- well, playing, let me take that back. Staying in college and playing one more year versus, I guess, entering the real world. Here are some different scenarios. First of all, the kid's 22. If you're ever going to do this, now's the time. Uh, I have to imagine being starting quarterback at a place like Western Kentucky. You know what that is? I bet it's dang fun. At Texas State, you know what it was? Because he had a good season last year. It was really fun. Being a quarterback and playing some at Auburn, I bet that was pretty cool. I'm from Louisiana, and I started at quarterback for LSU in a home game where I got carried off the field if they could carry a six, seven, two, whatever quarterback. They, but so in my home state, my family was there, and you know what that is? It's pretty cool. I have no idea about T.J. Finley's degree status. I'm assuming he has graduated now, or what profession he will enter. I do not expect his profession will be quarterback profession. What do you do for a living? I'm an accountant. What do you do? I'm a fireman. What do you do? I'm an astronaut. What do you do? I play quarterback. I think T.J. Finley could be any of those first three. I don't believe T.J. Finley, unless it is in, like, the Bossier City Battlehawks. Heath, do the Bossier City Battlehawks still play? Unless it's something that is an indoor game where you roll up the field and put it in the tunnel until the next home game. Um, I don't think T.J. Finley's profession will be playing quarterback. But if he's 22 and he has the option to be the starting quarterback, probably at a place like Western Kentucky, and maybe. Now, see, that's that's what I think is going to happen, and I would bet like 95% that's what happens this fall, barring injury. He's the guy, and he has, and it'll be his final season, so he gets one more shot at this. Um, I'm not saying good for him, it's a scratch-off, it's a lottery, and maybe he has the kind of season that vaults him into the NFL. T.J. Finley's not an NFL quarterback. He's not. Uh, that And that's not criticism. That's just fair evaluation. But here's the thing. I think he'll have fun. And I think you'll be pretty good. I also think there's the opportunity to forge a relationship, a connection. I don't maybe get credit for classes that gain entry into whatever for TJ later. Maybe gain some knowledge at West. Like there's all these possibilities that come through him staying one more year. And I got to admit, my hand was raised when I saw TJ because about a month ago he had entered the portal. The kid who had been at Washington State and then transferred to Arizona, then said, I'm going to Texas State. Well, that was school three for him. Finley's like, well, heck, I'll take school four. I got a year of eligibility. He announced uh, Western Kentucky. I was spring-loaded. I was like, all right, time to crap on TJ and talk about how unwise and short-sighted this is. Ah, It's neither one of those things. It's kind of what you can do when you're 22, and it's not those things. And he gets to be the starting quarterback in Division One. Good program. Probably have fun. And maybe he does something that does open a door versus, I don't know, say he's going to go start as the junior salesman at Nationwide instead of going back for his final season. He was going to start like February 20th. He was going to start right now. All right. If that is his path, if in 30 years 
he has only been in insurance for 29 years instead of 30 because he put it off for another 12 months. If that's the result, TJ, you rock it. So I hope he has. I'm gonna. I hope he has a good season this year. What's up, Heath? Well, first of all, we have very bad news on the Bozier uh, Shreveport Battle Wings, Chuck. Uh, not only do they not exist, but Bozier City was considered as a potential site for the 2024 revival that is coming of the AFL, but because they did not have enough open dates to accommodate a team, the Louisiana franchise instead went to Lake Charles. So bad yeah. news on the uh, Bozier City Battle Wings. Meanwhile, we have some news. The uh, folks at the college football playoff just announced, and I mean literally just announced in the last five minutes, the 5-7 format has been confirmed for the upcoming yeah. playoff. The uh, Washington State president, who had been somehow trying to leverage this into who yes, knows what, uh, whatever finally needed to happen to say to him, Kirk, shut the heck up, get out of here, leave us alone. Whatever needed to happen, happened. So it is now unanimous. The criteria has been officially revised, so you will have the five highest-rated conference champions and then the next seven highest-ranked teams, as determined by the committee. This is, of course, just for the next two years, as they have not, as of yet, agreed to everything for the 2026 going forward playoff. But for the next two years... Five and seven is in effect, which is what everybody knew needed to happen. But again, for whatever reason, the Pac-12 thought they had a hand of cards to play. Uh, There's another shoe coming. I mean, there's a financial like this big giant cinder block coming. And I think it may take two years until we finally get a little clarity, like till the curtains open a little bit. But there's a giant, giant something coming. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, what the end game is going to be on this for those two schools. They keep trying to figure out a way to do something with the name maybe merge with the Mountain West, but keep the better name. Yep. Who, who knows? But one way or the other, what we do know is that's an open spot for somebody, and the odds are it's probably somebody in the Big Ten or the SEC that's going to benefit from it. Yeah, they were wanting a an annuity sort of deal, and instead they got told, look, you go ahead and leverage whatever it is you think you can, and then the minute you're out, you are out. And so I think the behavior kind of got brought into line. Uh, that's what I believe. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash john. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. All week, all year, it's all college football. Chuck Oliver Show. If we go back in time and 
look at the 1987 season in college football, um, I think what we have seen in the past month at Michigan, it might be the biggest exodus of talent from an elite team in one month since SMU got the death penalty and their entire roster got declared free agents. And it's not just the players I'm talking about, quarterback, the running back, the everybody except the secondary on defense. It's the coaches, my goodness. And if you haven't seen the unfolding, um, just the, the math equation of Michigan's coaching staff, they took a guy from Tennessee who's taking a guy from Alabama, and now Alabama, who took it from Washington, is looking around going, we didn't linebackers coach. Um, we have so many layers to this onion, and we're going to get to it with about the best source to unravel all of this. He is College Football Matrix. He's Dave Bartu. Dave, how's your Tuesday? Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, pretty cool. I, I picked up a uh, – this is a kind of a surprise to you. I, I picked up a new job this week. Oh, what is that? <laughs> so was, Do tell. I was – I was, I was talking to one of my coaches, and uh, he happened to find one of my other social media accounts because I don't just do college football. So, you know, I um, I do oil painting. I tie flies for fly fishing. I do a lot of other stuff, gardening. You're right brain, left brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, hey, I saw some of your, your paintings. Can I commission, one, commission you to do one for me um, where I like to duck hunt? <laughs> like, Really? He's like, yeah, your paintings remind me a, a lot of where I like to go duck hunt. And so he starts texting me over pictures of where he's duck hunting. I'm like, yeah, I can do that, coach. He's like, cool. Let me know when it's done. I'm already excited. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's called foul money. You know what that is? That is you fold that up, put that in the bottom of your pocket, and you do something fun with it. That's what you do. Right. Now, I, I, uh, that's, uh, that's a great little hobby on the side. So that, that's my fun news for the day. Well, talk about uh, the 15th and 30th, the more standard uh, approach. Uh, CFB Matrix, College Football Matrix. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody what you do with your laptop and your ones and zeros. Tell stories with numbers, man. That's what we do. Uh, and we focus on coaching staffs. Everybody's focus- focusing on analytics on the field. We are the off-the-field company, uh, specifically with coaching. Started with college football. Now it's morphed into the NFL. And now that has morphed into draft picks and prospects based on the quality of coaching they got in college football. So very, very interesting in my opinion. If you have whatever category of asset that you have to allocate and there's an outcome you want, Dave can Mm -hmm. help you get a vision of what it is likely to be. That's just kind of what it does. It's interesting stuff, folks. Uh, All right, well, let's talk about coaches. Um, And so I I referenced the Michigan program, man. That thing has been picked clean um including the coaching staff and so dc they bring in the guy from the nfl uh for linebackers they go take tennessee's guy so tennessee has to go take bama's like linebackers coach who's been there 15 minutes william inge um what do you know about william inge because he's now on rocky top solid solid three and a half star guy um and and multi multi-tool he hasn't just been a linebacker coach so uh, didn't surprise me when Kalen tried to bring him from Washington to Alabama uh, did surprise me to see you know him going from Alabama to Tennessee like you said 15 minutes there 15 minutes gone um, had to be about the money right uh, you know so did Tennessee overreach and overpay 
I was like, Dave, there are two things. Either they gave him more money, which is just the blatant bottom line stuff, or yeah. they said, no, 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 here are the keys. You can really have more responsibility. Like if there was some sort of additional, like you get to sit closer to the coach during the meeting, um, mm. it's, it's one of those two things. Yeah, may, may, maybe, but if the, if the pay is the same, who wants more responsibility? You know, I mean, really, when it comes down to it. So um, I'm just going to go with what 99% of it is, not just in coaching, just in everyday life. You, you me, everybody listening. Everybody has yeah. like uh, one, maybe two assistants where you don't have to recruit. Everybody else okay. has to recruit. They have to get the rental car and they have to go to the hinterlands of the state. Um, everybody has like a Todd Munkin who's allowed to stand there with his play sheet and just have fun on Saturdays. So that's yeah, one right. of the things you're actually right. Maybe less responsibility. Right. You know, um, and, and so uh, I'm just assuming it's, it's better pay at Tennessee. And that's cool because Kalen already went to Baylor. You want to talk about getting picked clean. Kalen went over to Baylor, yep. took Chris, offensive line coach from Baylor. A lot of people don't remember this, but we had Chris as the first team all staff Big Ten offensive line coach last year. So the best offensive line coach in the Big Ten went to Baylor went to Alabama, Alabama went and took their linebacker coach, Christian Robinson, as well. We've been high on that guy for a long time. So even though Inge is gone, I think Kalen equal or better on the linebacking side. But as for Michigan, holy moly, dude. I mean, uh, I I think the biggest surprise for Michigan right now that I've seen this week is uh, one of the offshore sports books came out with Michigan's win total. Michigan's win total. Now, given all the staffing that's gone, right? Head coach is gone. OC is gone. DC is gone. T- tons of staff's gone. I think they're going to lose what? 17 starters? Oh, starters yeah. Like, so they, they the have the secondary draft. back. They have the secondary right, back. Right? And that's kind of it. Right? So, so now, now listen to this. Before I tell you what the over-under is on win totals, folks, listen to this. Week two, they host Texas. Okay? Week five, they host USC. Two weeks after that, they got Michigan State, then they got Oregon, then they got Ohio State. All right? So Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan State, USC, Texas, and their win total is nine and a half. They got to go 10 and two. If you're on the under, they got to go 10 and two to beat you. Man, I just don't see that, Chuck. Yeah, that ain't your, that ain't. That ain't your daddy's Michigan schedule. That's not Bo Schembechler's no, schedule. No, it, it is a tough schedule. You have an entirely new coaching staff. You have an entirely, basically, one through 22 starters. That is, Ohio State is going to have probably the best rushing attack they've seen in for, for forever. Oregon's going to be tough. Texas is a national championship contender. I mean, they're, they're playing – Michigan is playing what I am seeing is probably three of the top four teams going into next year on that schedule with a nine-and-a-half win total. I'm going under all the way on that one, baby. Continuing with Dave Barr, too. Uh, again, he is very unemotional about this. It's numbers, brother. Uh, all right, let's go back. I think like 10 minutes after we hung up last week, um, Scott Cochran left the Georgia program. Is that uh-huh. a thing at all? Was that – that was – touted as i mean kirby wore a mask and carried a gun went into tuscaloosa and left with scott cochran it was going to change everything and it was so not impactful i i think from the outside it was not impactful what is your take on scott cochran leaving the george program 
I, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to see how impactful it was because we don't know what George is going to look like this year without him. Okay, but George's special teams since Kirby's got him has been really good. Last year, this this was amazing. We actually had to double check the numbers because um, I, I remember seeing this number pop up because I talked to my data partner and I'm like, "Is this right, Adam?" And we looked at it: zero punt return yards allowed. They covered everything. Zero. That is just dead sexy, dude. Zero punt return yards allowed. So. I think he's had a big impact, or at least a special team. Let's just say this. Special teams with Scott Cochran there, even though he's not on the field, has been absolutely excellent. Now, George has gotten away with this for three years now. This is kind of one of Kirby. People don't really take a look at this, but this is kind of one of, I think, his little secret ways of doing things. Before Scott Cochran, he had a guy named Robbie Disher. Robbie Disher, in our grades, is a top 10 special teams coordinator. Robbie was off the field as well. Now, Robbie is at Illinois right now, making 300000 probably the biggest underpaid coach in college football, but he was off-field at Georgia. They won a national title. He brings in Cochran, leaves him off-field, won another national title. Special teams last year didn't win the title. Excellent special teams. So watch him replace Scott with an excellent off-field special teams coach. The best guy available, San Diego State, fired him with everybody else last year. Deacon, don't let him go to Oklahoma. Send him to Georgia. It has been an approach to, and we talked about that maybe with Nunez. That was the thought that if, if a spot didn't open in Tuscaloosa, that he would coordinate and just teach the coaches, and then the coaches will go to on-field. Um, mm-hmm. That is, you almost like steal an extra spot on the staff because, I mean, a college coach, especially at a place like Georgia, he's smart enough to get what the uh, the off-field assistant is telling him. Um, all right, let's talk. This happened um, since we last spoke. Sean Elliott, three practices into springs, like, all right, right here, right now, I'm gone. Tell me what you think South Carolina added. Uh, I'm... Current times, the commentary, morals, whatever, put all that in a fishbowl. Just tell me what you think South Carolina added. I have no idea, man. I, I really don't even know what they added here um, because, you know, they, they added a, a, a guy who's done a lot of things at an average level. I, I mean, it's South Carolina right now in our numbers, bottom three coaching staff in the SEC. They're also the least experienced coaching staff. When you add up, all the games each guy has coached at their position for their career. South Carolina now has the least experienced staff in the SEC. So um, I don't know what, you know, what the goal was. I mean, to bring in a guy who has a lot of experience. Cool. You accomplished that. I don't think the staff really improved overall with that move. If we look at um, Georgia State, um, they had to, like, just blow the whistle on spring practice. Um, does anybody ever come to you? I don't mean, like, you know, quote, in a panic. I mean, this is this. you know what a panic used to be? It's a week before signing day and Lane Kiffin left. Oh, we're in a panic. Um, mm-hmm. You're already in spring practice, brother. Uh, do you ever have a client or a prospective client who says, hey, we heard about you. We need your help yesterday. Um, do you ever have somebody call with sweat on their brow? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes when, when the unexpected happened, I had it this year. 
I had an AD call and go, wow, you know, he's like, something's coming down the pipe in 48 hours that, you know, we've discussed and it, we never expected it to happen. And boom, it did. And I mean, it went from zero to a hundred miles an hour for a search, you know, real fast. Uh, this one though, um, I don't know about you, felt like it really caught everybody by surprise. I mean, super surprised, you know? And so I just kind of, part part of me is like, how ethical was that? Because usually ADs know what's coming. They rarely get a day of, this is what's going to happen. Guys yeah, are usually a lot been better. Maybe sniffing around for jobs during the season. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true. I don't know that. But I'm just saying that right. that had been so, I mean, if I hear things, I mean, I don't hear anything. <laughs> Um, and I assume that the AD down the hall would hear something, but I don't know that. Uh, I tell you what, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask about Brian McClendon and uh, what Kirby's going to do and what maybe they lost because Brian McClendon's like, yo, college, I'm out, going to Tampa. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back, jump into more of a day bar two. Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Tuesday on Chuck Oliver Show. And there are times when, honestly, I've got a pretty simple measuring stick. Bama fan, friend of mine, what do you know about this day ball guy? I was like, Saban hired him, Belichick hired him twice. Good enough for me. Like, I literally couldn't pick him out of a police lineup, and I was like, I love the hire. Because <laughs> Saban did it, and, and Curmudgeon did it twice. Um, so there are times where like some guy wants this coach. Well, it's a positive endorsement. Apparently Sean McVay wanted Ricky Brumfeld who got a promotion at Georgia tech and a title change. And I'm sure got broke off. And so his 15th and 30th looks nicer, uh, much more mainstream as Brian McClendon has gone pro again. Uh, I want to welcome back onto the program. Dave Bartu. He is college football matrix, Brian McClendon. Um, I don't mean, and I, I, I'm very transparent about this. I was like, folks, sometimes we broad brush running backs, coach and wide receivers coach is like, well, we can just go get us another recruiter. Uh, well, give us the skinny Brian McClendon has lit out for NFL pastures. Uh, what will Kirby do at wide receiver? Go get a, another recruiter. Probably. Probably. If you look at his pattern, can't talk too much about this. Okay. But if you look at his pattern public record you can see that from a wide receiver running back looking for a veteran guy okay so i would anticipate georgia going to get a a veteran guy from a program that has a solid head coach so he'll he'll go poach somebody uh you know how you just said uh you know if nick hired him he's a good guy Mm -hmm. so a lot of these guys at tier one Big Ten, SEC, uh, there's no power four. It's just tier one, tier two. Uh, a lot of these tier one guys will just go into tier two and because they got the money now is they'll just find the best head coaches and take their coaches, right? So um, for Georgia, I think it'll be experienced guy. Uh, it'll be from a probably a tier two, maybe even a tier three school. Uh, head coach would be considered very, very good. I think that's kind of the MO of what he likes to fill in that position at Georgia. All right. Well, you come up with some sort of phrase to tell me to redirect the conversation because I'm just going to ask about a name right now. And I don't know if that's this guy's cool. on. Uh, James Coley. And the reason I want to ask about him is I've heard consistently mm-hmm. two things from fans of whoever he was calling plays for. James Coley stinks. 
um, of fans that he was recruiting for is like, oh, yeah, James Coley's boss. Uh, <laughs> give me your skinny on James Coley. I, I, I don't um... – I don't uh, don't know how many times he's he's called plays. I know at A and M when we were looking at uh, where is he at right now? I don't remember. South Carolina. I don't he just got hired like ten minutes ago. Shane hired him. <laughs> of course, just just add add, uh, add to that staff. I, I think Coley uh, last year when we looked at him, I remember going through the A and M uh, staff. I think he was a fifty nine. So um, in our grading, that's just average. So, you know, as a, as a position coach, uh, average guy, I do know and agree with you that from a recruiting standpoint, he has an excellent reputation of being able to get kids to sign. Um, not sure how big that is right now in free agency where it's more yeah. money than relationship. So, you know, right now there's guys that are like, hey, I'm a great recruiter. Well, you're maybe, maybe you're good at getting on the phone and getting our people in front of them, but do you need to be that good of a closer anymore only if the money's equal? So, uh, but on the field, you know, um, pretty average in terms of our numbers. All right. Uh, I'm going to, again, I'm not in the industry. You are, but Uh, I had a conversation in the immediate aftermath of what um, Sean Elliott announced last week. And someone said, programs like Georgia State, if Sean Elliott quits, who who can they get? I was like, no, hang on. There'll always be an OC at like a Division Three who say, I'll do it for 120 grand. Um, I, I was like, I can't guarantee you what you'll get. Like somebody will always, always there'll be somebody to take the Georgia State head coaching job as a, for instance, the Marshall head coaching job, the Coastal Carol. Like there'll always be 10 guys that'll say yes, correct? Oh, yeah. Dude, Gary Patterson would call, crawl naked through broken glass for to be a head coach again, man. Come on. There's always going to be a massive number of guys that go, I can win there. I can win there. It, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful trait and one of the greatest faults of, of head coaches or, or a lot of the coaches is it's a never say die. It's a never lose. Right, they never look at the downside. It is always, I can do this. I can win here. They always believe that, or, or at least that's the persona they give. So, you know, who could Georgia State get? Man, I bet you the phone was ringing off the hook for the AD from agents, uh, you know, free agent head coaches. Yeah, that that well, that won't be a problem finding a guy, finding a guy that wants to stay and win in February. But that's a different story. But yeah, they can they can find guys. Yeah, my initiation of this up close was like when Dennis Francione took the Texas State job. I was like, dude was the Bama coach. What's he doing? I was like, what's he doing? He's, he's head coach at a real program. He's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not bad. Uh, speaking of getting paid, uh, talk about your sponsor. You help people feel good for legit shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, sleep better, et cetera. Uh, and you have a website where people can go and find product. Exactly. With the NFL Alumni, Pro Athletes Hemp Association, hempforpros.com, uh, everything there is made for ailments, aches, pains, sleeps, you name it. Um, it. It is designed for NFL alumni, available to everybody, ships to all 50 states. Use coupon code KING of CFB, the guy I'm talking to right now, KING of CFB, for 25% off everything at hempforpros.com. Oh, your uh, client cycle must have expanded to 13 months a year a long time ago. I mean, you used to have like kind of a sweet spot, I guess, November, December. Now, brother, it's tw- it's, it's the entire calendar. Dave, I appreciate yeah. your time. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, Dave Bartu.
Uh, again, college football matrix. It used to be. I remember North Carolina got to jump on everybody. We fired John Bunning like with three weeks left in the season because we want to jump on. Was it Butch Davis? Was he the pivot? I'm trying to remember, uh, but it was news because there was kind of a playbook. You waited until week of the season closing in-state giant rivalry game, and you announced, oh, we're firing him. Uh, Or you waited until right after the team lost that as well, and then you fired the coach. And you just see end of the season, it was crappy, and nobody, so you just fired him, and nobody even came around to, to talk about it. So that was, those were your two choices. It's not the choice anymore. As I recall, Jarius Norwood broke loose on a long run in Starkville one October day. And I don't know, it's like October 18th and UF's like, Ron Zook, you're fired. Do you want to coach the rest of the season? He's like, uh, yeah, sure. So as I recall, Ron Zook coached the rest of that regular season after being fired mid-October. Um, it is a new day, folks absolutely is so uh the whole calendar on all of this and patience and everything so totally new thing and so he's working it's year round and you you have coaches going the other way as well john elliott decided it's february we're in spring practice yeah i'm out uh so dave is going to be busy 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 and there are times like when i'm asking hey how about the georgia wide receiver job he's like yeah why don't we just talk in general about these jobs just as a for instance because man's working The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. 